You know, I was, uh, it, it was actually in the service before, and we were, we were singing that song, This Is How We Party. And I was looking up here, and I could see the father smiling on the, young, on, on the band and that, that were dancing around. And, you know, the, the smile of God is on the freedom. It's on the party. And you see, what happens is religion, religious spirits hate intimacy and they hate celebration. And what we fear, we judge. And I have a sense that some kind of struggling with, with some of that. You know, you, you, you've probably been around a while and, you know, you kind of look at it and think, is it necessary? Is it really, is it honoring to God? Have we lost the fear of God? But can I just say to you in the nicest way possible, get over it. <laughs> just get over it. Otherwise, you know what will happen? You just get bitter and twisted. It doesn't stop anything. It just means you can't be part of it. That's, that's all it does. You know, you, you decide. Everywhere the Spirit of God moves, there is division. Not God's intention, but you choose whether you're going to go or whether you're not. Whether you're going to pull back or whether you're, you're going to jump in. Whether you're going to be part of the celebration or you're going to sit with your thumb in your mouth, sucking your finger and going, what's happened to my church and I don't like it anymore. Come, come on, come on. If I can get involved, I'm 72, come on. I, 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 grew, I grew up in the church of the frigid air. Yeah, everybody. The, yeah, that's right. The church of the frozen, not the chosen, you know. And, and we had people there that were baptized in vinegar. You could tell by the look on their face. I, I mean, there's nobody in this church like that. I know, but some places you go, you know. Anyway, that's. How many know God's a God of seasons? Yeah. And we pass through seasons in our personal life. We go through seasons in our church life. And some of the seasons are good and some of them not so good. In wintertime, nothing much grows. So you go through times where you have like a desert experience and nothing's really grown. But then you come into times it's like the first three verses of Psalm 23. You know, green pastures, still waters, everything's wonderful. And so there's all these, these kind of things. And there are reasons for the seasons. And there are, there are reasons for the process. And Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us that there's a season for everything and a time for every purpose. So within the passing of the seasons, in the flow of chronological time, there are specific appointed times where God does certain things. And you'll find that in your life. You know, there are breakthrough moments. There are moments of God encounter. There are moments when things around your life shift. Circumstances change. And... Uh, and, and God's at work in that. And, he's, and, and we're on this journey. You know, we start a, when you get saved, you start a journey with God and with the people of God. And what I've noticed, and you know, I've pastored for a while. I've been around church life all my life. I gave my life to Jesus when I was five, and that's more than 20 years ago now. And, you know, and what you find is people commit their life to Jesus, and they understand they're doing a journey, but because they never commit to do the journey, 
They never become all they're meant to become and so they can never do all they're meant to do. And, you know, it says in Daniel 2.21 that God changes the times and seasons. And sometimes in church life, you know, the pastors start saying, oh, it's a new season. And we think, oh, he's made a decision. <laughs> you know what? You can't. Uh, we were just talking before about the moves of the Spirit of God. One of the frustrating things about the Spirit of God is you can't do much about it. <laughs> when he turns up, you can't do much. And when he doesn't turn up, you can't do much. It's just we are dependent on him. So, so the key is not to try and get God to bless what you do, and The key is to find out what God's doing, what he's already blessed, and start doing that. You know. And, um, and so when I was preparing to come here uh, and... You know, I was asking the Lord, what, what's going on in this church? I don't know your church. I've only met your senior pastor once briefly at a conference, and we just chatted for a few minutes. So I don't really know much about anything, and I like it that way. You know, because then I've got to talk to the Lord, and how we know that's the best person to talk to anyway. And so there were three things I felt the Lord say to me. The first thing he said to me is, it's a new day. It's a new day in the house. And, of course, a new day always ushers in a new season. And the second thing he said to me is, you have already entered into a new season. And then I'm, you know, Pastor Neil's talking to me, he's talking about the fact you changed the name, and when you change the name, a whole lot of other things change. Well, of course it did. Because the name that you come under, you know, it's a prophetic thing. So when you shift something like that, it shifts things in the realm of the spirit. You align yourself with, with what God is currently saying and doing. And the third thing he said to me is it's important to pursue all God has for you in this next season. And, and the picture I had, the impression I had was like the children of Israel crossing over uh, the Jordan River, coming into the promised land. And, you know, the, the manna stops and they start to eat the produce of the promised land. So they're enjoying it immediately. They cross over. But how many know there was still a lot of land to take? Uh, there's, there's great wall cities they've got to conquer. There, there are giants they've got to confront. There are hostile armies waiting for them. And so they had to make up their mind. They're going to they're get in there and they're going to take the land. Take the land. And, and, and God said, uh, you know, every place you put the sole of your foot, I'll give it to you. But you've got to put the sole of your foot on it. You've got to be in a, enter in by faith, see? And, and, and actually, you've got to live about 18 months ahead of where you are. How many understand that? And it's right to celebrate the good things that God has done and is doing. But I want to tell you, God's got a lot more for you. Let me run that by you again. You didn't seem to catch it. God has got a lot more for you. I mean, as an individual, he's got a lot more for you. As a church, you've got a lot more for you. That's not a cliche. That's a reality. The rest of your life is the best of your life. Amen. Come on, you can get happy. One of the things that I, I just feel so critical for you right now is, uh, as a congregation, is to embrace and invest in the enlarged responsibility that your senior pastors carry as leaders of the New Life Movement in this nation. And, uh, and I felt the Lord say there's a nation-shaking anointing being released in the house. And we're talking about the youth. A moment ago, I think that's just a, a sign of that, you know. 
You just catch something in the spirit. How many know that often the things in the spirit are an impression? You, it's like Elijah, you know, on the, on the mountain. It's a clear day, blue skies, and he's going, it's about to rain. Everybody's going, ah, oh, I can't see any clouds. He says, well, hang around. You know. And, uh, and I just feel like, and actually, let me just back up a little and say to you that I left New Zealand. I'm a Kiwi. I passed it in Auckland. Moved to uh, initially Adelaide and then Melbourne in 1988 into Adelaide. And um, our whole focus had been on, you know, the church we were leading at that time and uh, in Southeast Asia. We'd done, done a lot up in Southeast Asia and that was where we'd planned and felt we'd probably work out the rest of our life and ministry. And, uh, and, I, and, and New Zealand wasn't on my radar, not for any reason, but I just, it just wasn't there until the Lord spoke to me very clearly about pulling back on Southeast Asia and then I was kind of wondering what I'm going to do and suddenly I get uh, four invitations to come back to New Zealand. Haven't been back here for 15 years on ministry and so I uh, came back in and on the way in God began to speak to me about the nation because I began to talk to him and say well God you gotta tell me what's going on here and what season is the nation in and what are you doing and what are you saying to the nation and the Lord began to really convince me uh, that he he, he is uh, pouring out a fresh wave of his spirit over the nation. And I don't know whether you're aware of it or not, but, you know, there's been a significant shift in the spiritual atmosphere over uh, New Zealand. There really has. And I go into churches up and down the nation, have been for the last 10 years, and uh, spent quite a bit of time in the nation. And you can go into churches where they're singing the same songs they were, you know, a year or two back, and they're doing the same stuff, but you can sense the, the, the Holy Ghost just stirring underneath it. And some of those songs have now got some life on them when before they didn't. You know, it's like, like God's beginning to breathe. And when it says, Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen on you, if you look at the word risen, it's the same thought as an incoming tide. It, it's like there's, the tide of, of God's presence and power is rising in the nation. And here's the thing. As a church, you have the, the potential to grab a hold of that and with what your senior pastors are carrying and to get underneath them with your faith and your prayer, your expectation, and begin to speak and prophesy and pray over other places and other cities and other churches and other pastors and release them to that and bless them in that. Come on, be big-hearted and open-handed, you know, and, and let's see something great begin to be birthed in and through the movement up and down the nation. And you have the privilege of carrying that and being part of that and, and, and you know, resourcing that. And I, I'm just so excited for you. If I lived in New Zealand, I'm coming to this church. Actually, I feel at home here. I just was, was there in the atmosphere and, you know, I, I'm part of Planet Shakers. I, that's my home church. And, um, and you know, it's just, it's just like being home. Uh, I like, uh, anyway. It's a new day. You're in a new season. And the most important thing in apprehending the future is always our ability to deal with the past. And when you go into a new season, you have um, three things that happen. And um, uh, let me look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 with you for a moment. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I'm giving to them. 
the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, and so God initiates a new day for Israel, and he speaks to Joshua, and he tells him Moses is dead. Well, that's not news. They know that. They've had a month-long funeral for Moses. So he's not actually telling him anything new, and he's not really talking about Moses. What he's saying is that season is gone. That era has passed. So you can't kind of hang around that anymore. Everybody loved Moses. Moses is a great leader, probably one of the greatest leaders of God's people. But he's gone. And so a new day is ushered in with a new leader and a whole bunch of things are going to happen. And many times, you know, because God is calling us into a new season, he also calls us into a new dimension. And our capacity internally has to increase so that we're enlarged on the inside so that we can then be positioned and we have the, the capacity to carry all that God is wanting to release and steward that in the season ahead so that we're bigger on the inside with our faith and all of those kind of things. And, and that's where you are right now. And so this new season is ushered in through revelation and truth. And I have a strong sense that as you move forward in where you are, God is going to unpack some things that are hidden that will give you greater definition and clarity and release you further into the things of God. That's how it works in your personal life. That's how it works in the life of the church, you see. And so three things that a new day always involves, firstly, is changes. Changes. And, uh, you know, in the case of Israel, it was a different leader. Uh, but it doesn't need to be a new leader, but it does need to be a new leadership style. You can't lead people into the promised land with the same style of leadership that took them wandering in the desert. And if you look at the comparison between Moses and Joshua, they're entirely different. The way they went about, it's the same people, it's the same objective, but they've got to do everything different now. Now, how many know that we all love change? You don't love change at all. You hate change. We all like change until it affects us. We all like change until the pastor makes a decision we don't agree with. And then you discover how committed you really are. Come on. And, and God says to Abraham when he moves him out, he said, you've got to leave your home, leave your family. See, some of you got to leave your old mindsets. You've got to leave your comfort zone. You've got to leave the home that you've camped in with your Christian experience and your religious life for so long because God's got something new for you. Come on. And there's a cost. You know, uh, I was saying earlier about a bit over 150 years ago, the plagues and sickness and disease were sweeping through Europe and all the major cities, you know, were, were pretty polluted and, and so they were hotbeds of, of disease. And, and the fathers of the city of London believed that London should become a, a, a big metropolis. But they understood they never would be able to do that unless they dealt with the the, the sewerage running down the streets, basically. And we could get quite graphic about that if you know anything about history. And so what they decided to do was to put in a large sewerage system. Now, how many know everybody's going to be happy because the streets are getting cleaned up? 
But then they knock on your door and say, in order to put the sewer system in, I'm going to rip your house down. You're not happy anymore, are you? You're not happy. How many, how many know you, we love infrastructure? You know, we like the freeway to go through so that we don't have congested traffic until they knock on your door and say, I'm going to rip your house down. Then we say, put the freeway somewhere else. We, we love the idea that, you know, there's a rubbish dump somewhere that carries away all our trash, but we don't want it next to our house. Put it next to somebody else's house. Come on. And so they, they rip up the streets, tear down some houses. They put in these huge cast iron pipes to put the sewage system. And, you know, inner London is still largely operating on the sewage system they put in. And sometimes when, you, when you're going to move forward, you've got to rip up things and put new foundations down and bigger, better, and do all of that. Guess what? That's where you're at. New seasons, changes. Turn to somebody and say, changes. The second thing about, about new season is not just changes, but challenges. How many know that when they come to move into the promised land, they're facing all sorts of challenges? And, and Abraham, it says in Hebrews 11 and verse 8, that he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, that sounds a bit crazy, but how many know we're all like that? If you're following God, you're going out where you don't know where you're going. Um, now, God had said to him, I'm going to take you to another land that you're, you will possess. But he's never been there. He doesn't know the way. He doesn't know what it looks like. So there's a sense in which he knows where he's going, but he doesn't know where he's going. And what's happened is the vision in his heart is pulling him into his destiny. It's the same for you. The vision in the house, the, 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 the potential, the possibilities of, of, of really changing our world, bringing transformation to our region and impacting our nation. There's a vision and the, and the vision is pulling us into our destiny. Say, come on, leave home. Come on, walk it out. Face the challenges. And, um, you know, it's a question of faith and trust. Trust actually is the highest expression of faith. Will you trust him when the wheels are falling off? Do you still trust him? And, and we, do, we do face opposition. There's all sorts of things that, that go on. People let us down. Sometimes the authorities oppose the ongoing development of your property or whatever. Sometimes the finances dry up. Sometimes you lose your way. Sometimes people make bad decisions. I say to pastors all the time, don't worry about making a bad decision, just make another decision. It's not that big. Come on. God's bigger than all of that. How many know he's, he's gone ahead of you? It's not, you know, he doesn't get up and go, oh, they made a bad decision. What the heck am I going to do with that? You know, you just, just get over it. Let's go somewhere. Let's face the challenges and the giants and, you know, let's just take some land. Let's, let's do something great. I had a revelation a few years ago when I was wrestling with some things the Lord wanted me. I felt the Lord was directing me into and, uh, you know, I was kind of struggling with it. And you realize that preachers preach themselves most of the time, don't you? you know, so so I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with this. And the Lord said to me, Kevin, I'm not standing beside you or behind you saying, go do that. He said, actually, I'm standing at the end of your life. And I'm saying, come on, son, walk towards me. This is what you're created for. This is your moment. This is what you're born for. Come on now. 
And that's what he's doing in your life. How many know he's not behind you? He's in front of you. You're, the works of your life, the works of this church are already completed in the economy of God. He already has ordained all of those things. And he's there and he said, come on, church, come on. This is your moment. This is what you're born for. So there's changes and there's challenges and then there's choices. Choices. Change doesn't come by chance. It comes by choice. If you're here this morning and you need some changes in your life, you have to make some choices. And some people live their life like it's a lottery hoping it'll work out, hoping something will change, hoping, you know, a rabbit's going to pop out of the hat. You live your life like you're buying a lottery ticket. Well, I hope this one wins. Somebody else got blessed. Well, I hope it happens to me. No, make some changes. Start talking to the Lord about it. Start pushing in. Start growing up. Taking responsibility for your life and the decisions you make and all the rest of it. Don't sit in the corner sucking your thumb feeling sorry for yourself. Don't come to God on the basis of your need because you'll just access pity and mercy. If you want to take promised land, you've got to come on the basis of faith. You've got to believe Him, believe your word, His word, and kind of stand up. Anyway. So in Joshua chapter 3, we read the account of the children of Israel coming down and, and camping beside the Jordan River for three days. The Jordan floods at that season, the scripture tells us, and archaeologists tell us, that at that stage, the Jordan River would flood up to a kilometer wide. So I think God had a strategy, you know. So he gets them to move, camp, and camp beside the river. So here they are with their kids, their livestock, all their belongings, all the trappings of the tabernacle, and they camp beside this great swirling mass of flood water, knowing they're going to go across. I can imagine some of the comment in the camp, can you? Ah, oh, praise God, we're going to rip into this river. And, and there'll be a few others going, Joshua's nuts. This is crazy. What about the kids? What about the goats? What about the camels? And in the midst of all of that, after the third day, in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow God will do wonders among you. So what he's actually saying is you need to make a decision. You need to make a choice. You need to dedicate yourself and commit yourself to go across, even though you don't know how you're going to go across. You need to make a commitment to trust God and believe that God's in this thing and make up your mind to be part of it and let's go together and do something great with God. I love what it says in, in Psalm 84 verse 5 through 7. It says, Blessed is the man whose strength or whose trust is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, or Baca means uh, tears, means, means weeping, as they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools and they go from strength to strength and everyone appears before God in Zion. I want you to notice the first phrase. Blessed is the person who puts their trust in God 
and commits their heart to pilgrimage. So these are people that have already made up their mind. They're going to complete the journey. I'm going to follow you, God. I don't care where it takes you. Come hell or high water, I'm in. And, God, and the Bible says that a blessing comes upon them. The favor of God comes upon them in such a way that when they go through the tough times, when they find themselves in a valley of weeping, that they turn it around and make it a place of blessing. I want you to notice it doesn't say God does it or the pastor does it or somebody else. There's something about these people because they've committed themselves to do the journey and God has graced their life and blessed their life. They have a capacity to rise up in the middle of weeping and call in the favor of God and call in the blessing of God. Man, I love that. And it says they go from strength to strength. I don't know about you. I don't want to fade off the scene. It says the righteous grow brighter every day. They go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Because they made a commitment. They had made up their mind, I'm going to be a pilgrim. I'm not going to settle down. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to pull back. I'm, a, I'm going to journey. I'm not just a, an aimless wanderer. I'm in the pursuit of God and the purposes of God. I know where I'm going. I may not know where it's going to take me, but I know who I'm following and I know who's in control and I'm in this thing. You know, three things you've got to do. When you talk about new seasons and doing the journey and all of that, you've got to hang on to God and you've got to keep your heart and your attitudes right. When things happen that you don't particularly enjoy, you may not even particularly agree with it, but keep your heart right. Keep your attitudes right. You've got to hang on to the vision and keep the objective in mind. It's not about you and your comfort, actually. Excuse me, it's about a nation. It's about emerging generations. We're not building something for ourselves. We're building something for our grandchildren's grandchildren. We're building something that's going to shake a nation. So hang on to the vision. And then you've got to hang on to your leadership. Keep in step with them. Don't lag behind and don't run in front. And don't keep analyzing them to work out what they're doing right or wrong or whether you like it or you don't. Just get over that, will you? Let's leave that at the door. Let's put it in the trash. And let's stand together shoulder to shoulder and say, come on, devil, do your best. We're coming through. Make up your mind. Come on, Jericho, your walls are coming down. You don't know it yet, but we're going to shout and it's coming down. Come on, Goliath, we're running at you. We're taking your head off. You don't know that yet, but we are. Come on, stand with me this morning. Why don't you just close your eyes and shut in with the Lord for a moment? Holy Spirit, come in these closing moments and Breathe upon us afresh. Breathe upon us. I I believe that just like Joshua was calling the people to make a commitment to go across, I believe God is looking for people today that, that will understand that we're in a new season, things are different. And yes, there's changes coming and there's challenges coming. And some of it, I, you know, I may feel a bit uncomfortable. But people that have got the guts 
They've got the faith. They've got the, the confidence in God to, to kind of put their hand up and say, God, count me in. I don't know where we're going or what it's going to look like, but I'm in. I'm following this thing, and I want to take all the land that you have appointed for us. I want to live in my inheritance. I don't want to wander in a wilderness. I don't want to live with unfulfilled expectations. I don't want to live with dreams that have never been released. I want to walk in my destiny. I want to walk in my potential with my brothers and sisters. You put me in this house. I want to follow the lead and we're going to go and we're going to do some great things. And if you're feeling like that this morning and God's speaking to you and you're going, yes, I, I want to be part of all that you do. Why don't you put your hand up? Not, not for me, but just, just reach out to the Lord. You know, when Moses lifted his hands when they were battling against the Malachite, it means the hand of a man reaching up to touch the throne of God. Why don't you reach up and touch his throne and say, Father, I'm in. I commit myself this morning. I, I, I'm, I'm choosing to commit my life to a, a life of pilgrimage. I commit my heart to pilgrimage, to do the journey in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for all you're doing in this house, all you've done and all you're going to do. Lord, you see the hands, the response of individuals right across this auditorium. And I pray your blessing upon them, your favor, your grace. I pray, Father, that you would give us as a congregation grace to pursue you and pursue all that you have for us in the, the months and the years ahead. That, Father, you would somehow enable us to, to, to embrace the change and rejoice in change. Uh, that somehow, Father, you'd uh, strengthen us and enable us to, to, to take hold of the challenges in front and break through in the name of Jesus and, and see the future unfold. Father, I pray that you would give us grace to make this decision every day of our life. We get out of bed every day and say, Father, I choose to do the journey. I've got a heart of pilgrimage. I'm not looking for the easy way out. I'm not looking for a rocking chair. I'm not going to stop halfway. I'm not going to quit when it gets a bit tough. Uh, I'm in for the journey. Father, bless your people. Thank you for them. We pray, we pray for Pastor Adam and Anita. We pray, Father, not that you would just refresh them, but you would take them to a whole new level. That God, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, every part of their life would be impacted by your presence and by your favor. That God, you'd give them great wisdom for the decisions they make and the responsibilities they carry, both in the house and in the nation. That, Father, you would increase the mantle upon them. Father, there's just in spiritual authority, Father, I pray that you, you'd put that apostolic prophetic edge on them with greater authority so that when they speak and when they stand, things are going to shift in the heavens and things are going to shift up and down this nation as they begin to release apostolic decrees and take authority over things. Father, you're releasing something fresh over this nation and they are an integral part of that. And we bless them for it today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
And Father, we call in over this house all that you attend. We pray this morning, let your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' name. Come on, give him some praise in this house. Come on, make some noise, somebody.